the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in True Talk 800 True Talk 800 This is Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and I'm very thankful to be named Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, KPAM News Talk 860, Talk 1640, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. Email me at mikelee at kpdq.com to find out how you could have your very own radio program, appear at our events like Fish Fest and Reventone, or advertise your outreach or business. That's mikelee at kpdq.com. And we've got a couple of great events coming to town to East Hill Church in Gresham, Thursday, April 26th. Stephen Curtis Chapman will be coming. And don't forget about Nazareth for a great comedy show. That'll be Saturday, May 5th. All the details are at kpdq.com, where you could also find out a whole lot about other events going on around town. And some of them will be held by our friends, Pastor Dave Morris and Pastor Matt Morris, and the good people of Hillside Christian Fellowship Clackamas. You can find out more on their website directly at hcfclackamas.org. That's hcfclackamas.org. So, Pastors Dave and Matt, how are you today? Doing great, Michael. Thank you. Doing good. Thanks for having us. Wanted to thank you so much for coming in. And there sure is a lot going on. Can you tell us about Hillside Christian Fellowship in particular? Last I've heard, you were meeting 10 a.m. Sundays at Happy Valley Middle School. Is that still correct? That is correct. We recently had a shift of location for about the last 13 and a half years. We've been at Sunnyside Elementary School in an excellent relationship with the North Clackamas School District. And most recently, we had a shift, and we have moved to Happy Valley Middle School. Sundays at 10 a.m., we had our third Sunday this past Sunday, and this coming Easter, uh, we will not be at Clackamas High School. We will be at Happy Valley Middle School. And so we are thrilled for our new location, and it is a beautiful setup. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Happy Valley Middle School has been an amazing blessing for us, so we just want to thank North Clackamas School District uh, with Superintendent Matthew Utterback uh, and all the leadership at the North Clackamas School District and their partnership they have with us. So it's been a long-standing relationship that you've had with the area, hasn't it? It is. We've uh, we planted the church uh, almost 14 years ago, and uh, within six weeks of our start, we uh, were invited in by one of the principals that I was serving uh, on their site council, and uh, we got this invitation, and we took the opportunity, and we've been there in a relationship ever since. It's been amazing. So, how did God prompt your heart to launch Hillside Christian Fellowship in the first place, Pastor Dave? <laughs> well, that's a 
That's actually a, a long story. So in the nutshell, uh, in a process of about three years, there were uh, three very definitive nudgings. And I would say I'm uh, probably slow in hearing. Uh, but by the time I fully understood what God was calling us to do to plant a church in our own community where we had lived at that time for about seven years, uh, we we immediately launched out in obedience and uh Within 30 days, we had left our former church and independently uh, planted the church and saw God and his hand of blessing move upon our fellowship. And it went from our first Sunday, we leaked it out in our community, Michael, where we just had had neighbors and friends uh, leaked it out that we were going to be starting a church and folks uh, a number of families said they were interested to know more about what we were doing. We had a meeting in our home and uh, set out to just spend some time in prayer. And on the very first Sunday in our home, we had uh, 34 people that came for church that Sunday morning. It was about seven to t- seven to eight families. And uh, to this very day, all of those families, but maybe one, are still uh, directly connected to the church. It's been That's an amazing- a wonderful start for Hillside Christian Fellowship. So, Matt, how old were you at the time all of these things were beginning? Yeah, so I was uh, I was 14 years old. I was getting ready to go into my very first year, my freshman year at Clackamas High School. Uh, and so it was, a big, it was a big shift, leaving the church I'd grown up at. Um, and it was also really cool because all the people I was going to school with uh, lived in the neighborhood or right around. So I was able to be more proactive about inviting some of my high school friends uh, to come to church with us. And it was, uh, it was a big shift. Um, but we were six weeks in our house and, uh, in pretty short order after that, we moved to Sunnyside Elementary School and it was, it was a really cool transition. I should note also that, uh, now Pastor Matthew, (laughs) he, he was actually our first paid employee. I, uh, I offered him a $10 bill, a crisp $10 bill to help me on that very first Sunday morning early to move all of our furniture from the living room and dining room out to our garage and then swap it with some folding chairs that we had borrowed actually from, uh, you mentioned Bridgetown earlier uh, in our conversation before the radio program, uh, but Marshall Snyder and I have been friends and done ministry for over 20 years together and uh, also you know had opportunity to be engaged with some of those early days. But he had some space and had some chairs and I said, hey, can we borrow some of those chairs? And he said, Absolutely. So he loaded us up with about 45 chairs, and uh, we set up all 45 and filled 34. So Matt was the first paid employee, and it was <clears throat> under the table. But uh, <laughs> And as a 14-year-old, $10 uh, goes very far. You can get a lot at Taco Bell. <laughs> That's very true, or maybe for one trip. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so how was it converting the home you were growing up in, Matt, to a full-fledged church where people were going to come and worship and hear the Word of God? You know, it was it was really cool uh, for me and my brother and my sister growing up in church, uh, being pastor's kids our entire life. Uh, we saw a lot of the ins and the outs and the things that happened behind the scenes. And um, it, it was a fun process for us to then be able to start living that in our own lives. Um, moving couches and dining room tables from one room to another. Uh, it just felt like we were getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, and it was just one gigantic family coming together. Um and we very quickly uh, began to outgrow our living room into our dining room. And we we realized the house wasn't going to be uh, what we were going to be able to sustain long term. Um, so it was, a, it was a good feeling to see uh, my friends starting to come and, and as the church began to grow. Um, and starting in a home 
and moving to a school, it, it really kept the family element of it um, in a home with the family. Uh, we'd go out as families afterwards. We'd go to lunch. We'd go to the park. We'd hang out. And it just continued in that family atmosphere until here we are 14 years later, and it still feels like a family. And still moving furniture every week. And yes. <laughs> and our, our byline at the church is welcome home. We, we yeah. believe that um, church should be home where people are invited and moving into uh from the living room and dining room so to speak from the from the you know entrance of a home where life occurs and that that's that's in that's in the family room setting or that's in that kitchen setting where just life happens and uh people connecting with people face-to-face communication and uh heartfelt i think the the Greek term or that first century term would be kind of koinonia love where it is, this is, we, we connect, we need each other. And this is, uh, every person is critical mass. And that's, uh, that's our desire to this very day where we, uh, we want that family element to be just a, a, a massive piece of people's experience on a Sunday that transitions into the rest of the week, the 168 hours we each have. So how many people do you have attending Hillside Christian Fellowship nowadays, 14 years after you've launched? <laughs> it's more than 30. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Michael, it's interesting. Um, if somebody, somebody was asked uh, some 20 years ago or even 25 years ago, what, what's, the, what's the normal attendance of a, uh, uh, of a follower of Christ uh, on Sunday attendance? And a lot of people would have said somewhere between uh, 45 and 52. People just went to church and made that physical trek. I think the trend has uh, changed a little bit. Our, our culture has changed some. And uh, people's regular attendance is, uh, in many cases, for some it's once a month. For some it's twice a month. For some it's still every single Sunday. I would say our normal attendance is anywhere from 200 to 300 we've uh, last Easter we had over 500 so it's uh, I think our our church body is about 450 people and uh, depending on the week would determine the number of folks that are there uh, last Sunday for instance would have been a low attendance it was the beginning of spring break and we saw a lot of families just gone and out and doing family stuff which is very very exciting so we're we're thrilled to see that families are still connecting with one another and doing things outside of the body. We're speaking with Pastor Dave Morris and his son, Pastor Matt Morris, of Hillside Christian Fellowship. And one of the things that you had mentioned, Matt, as having this church launch out of your own physical home before it built and grew and moved into a school was the the old school biblical church era hometown view that you were family. Yeah, you right. didn't just, ha- just yeah, hang out for a 35-minute sermon and go your separate ways. You fellowshiped afterwards. Yeah, you correct. spent time with each other. So I personally have been involved with churches from church plant size to mega church size. And the more I think I know the more I realize right. how incredibly yeah. ignorant I am. And, and God's probably just shaking his head up in heaven. Saying, <laughs> Is that what you think, Mike? So I personally no longer believe that there is an ultimate size for a church. I've seen them too small, and I've seen them too big, at least in my opinion. I think the larger ones almost feel compelled, and rightfully so, to push the small groups, community groups, people meeting during the week, and not just Sunday with thousands and thousands of your best friends. Right, right. But at the same time, how do you go from a church 
in your own personal home, expanding to now Happy Valley Middle School, 10 a.m. on Sundays. Come on. And how do you keep that feel altogether without losing those bonds? Yeah, it's a it's something that we strategically talk about almost every single week. I, I, I can't remember the last week in our staff meetings and in our uh, just in the office time where we haven't had conversations about how do we, as we continue to grow and expand and as we see God move in our community, um, how do we keep some of these more um, small, intimate uh, scenarios? And, and so it is with all things, It's there, there's the learning experience. And we believe that uh, with our life groups, um, that's a great place for, for some of this Im- intimate relationship uh, to take place uh, where people can just uh, not only study God's word together, not only pray together, but just live life together. And so we're beginning to see, even as our church grows, uh, the necessity for the small groups. But not only the small groups, we have once every single month, uh, on the very last Sunday of the month, the entire church goes in one gigantic caravan Come on, say from uh, Happy Valley Middle School to Roundtable Pizza for what we have called Afterglow. Uh, <laughs> it's a great name from back in the day, but uh, it might be changing. But the entire church comes together for uh, an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet and salad, uh, and it's it, it's a great time. And there's kids running around and people tripping over kids, but it's family, yeah. and, it, and, and, and it may be bigger than your average Thanksgiving dinner or, or Easter dinner, uh, but it still feels like you're in the home. And so it's a, it's a, good, it's a good thing that we got. Yeah, I would say, too, if I could add to that, Michael, I, I think the atmosphere of intimacy in terms of just that family relationship, it occurs on a number of different levels. Uh, even strategically, uh, this past week, we talked in our staff about how to, because we're a church in a box, we set up tear down, and so immediately following service, tear down starts. Well, that creates a zone where relationship can't happen because there's a lot of chairs being broken down, there's sound systems being broken down, there's all these church systems kind of getting broke down to be put back into a trailer. And so strategically, we talked about how to end well, and that's by uh, the last 30 minutes of tearing down. If we were more efficient in the last 30 minutes, we could shave 15 minutes off the back end, which means we could afford to take 15 minutes right after service and do no breakdown so that all that relationship right. stuff can still be occurring and lingering like you might see in a church that's got brick and mortar on a weekly basis right. uh, uh, that's permanent and theirs. And so we're trying to be strategic and create those moments and opportunities. So environments, if you will, and creating environments for relationship. And the other thing I would say about that, um, besides those uh, connection points, the afterglow or pastor and pizza kind of time. But um, we are, we're strategic in our outreach and mm-hmm. engaging people right. serving together. Uh, we, are, we are just very desirous to see people serving out of their gifting. So helping people identify what their spiritual gifts are and then helping them find a location to serve connecting with people that serve in the same areas and the same passions. Uh, and so we, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too, it was probably four or five years ago that we had, our church was about 250 and we had a night of the Oscars just to honor those who serve. And there was more than 125 people 
that were serving in a ongoing ministry of the church right. within that year. And so here we had more than 50% of our body serving in a ministry and connecting with others. And so we, it was, what a marvelous night that was. That just, ratio is off the charts. At right. most churches I've been with, it's been the 80-20 model, being 80% of the work is being done by 20% of the people sure. or less. So I'm very encouraged to hear more about Hillside Christian Fellowship from you, Pastor Dave, and you, Pastor Matt Morris. And if you'd like to find out more information, why don't you join them on a Sunday at 10 a.m. at Happy Valley Middle School with all the information at truetalk800.com and kpdq.com. And check out their own website, hcfclackamas.org for Hillside Christian Fellowship. That's hcfclackamas.org. More with Pastors Dave and Matt Morris next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers with Pastor Dave Morris and Pastor Matt Morris joining me from Hillside Christian Fellowship. Their website is hcfclackamas.org. That's hcfclackamas.org, which I will have linked to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. And you can visit them live in person Sundays at 10 a.m. at Happy Valley Middle School. So, Pastor Dave, Pastor Matt, congratulations on starting in your very own home and now into this much larger church. So, can you give us your elevator pitch? Maybe people are new to the area. They've translated from, like, I don't know, New York like I have, or perhaps they're between churches. Can you give us the big picture of what exactly is Hillside Christian Fellowship? Sure. So, first of all, I didn't know you were from New York. I'm a New Jersey guy, so hey, we're, we're, we're relatively I'm close to, to one of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so elevator speech, a little bit about Hillside Christian Fellowship. I would say, first off, we are a community-based church. Our mission and our purpose is to love our community through serving. And so we have uh, opportunities that abound in our community to serve. And our goal is to kind of, I would even say, our byline personally is see a need, fill a need. If there's a need, hey, and I see it, I'm the one who can help make that need filled. And so we have been uh, very, very active in just connecting with our community on a variety of ways and uh, being there to serve. I would say uh, on a Sunday service uh, side, we are uh, we are about the Word of God. We are uh, uh, chapter by chapter, ver- book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, Sunday morning would be a portion of a scripture. And uh, previously, when we had our Sunday evenings, uh, we were uh, a chapter at a time. Uh, that's uh, on hiatus as we're moving into a little bit of a construction time for us. And so that's been on the sideline. But um, And then I would say we're about worship. We, we want folks to come and experience the very presence of God on a Sunday morning. Uh, the scripture says we are as living stones. We come together. Uh, and when we come together, we become the dwelling place of God the Spirit. And so uh, as living stones, we want uh, the Spirit and the presence of God in our midst. And we want to worship the Lord. And uh, so it's a place of celebration. We, uh, we are about family, friends, and community. And uh, I would say our motto, our, our byline is loving God, loving people, and serving others. And that's really the heartbeat of our fellowship. That Christian fellowship is very well known for being a staple in the Clackamas area. So specifically, can you tell us where many of your members are coming from? Is it all from the North Clackamas school zone area and surrounding towns or what? Yeah, I, I, I would say... The Happy Valley Unincorporated Clackamas, uh, looking out towards Gresham and uh, Gladstone, some from Oregon City, Milwaukee. Uh, a lot from the Milwaukee area. 
uh, as we're even looking towards in the next year or so. Uh, Come on. Planting uh, a church in Milwaukee. That's let's go, spo- Matt. <laughs> spoilers coming, but uh, uh, yeah, no. If if you're a family, um, kids of all ages, we have an amazing uh, toddler group. Uh, we have an amazing kids town. Uh, we have a junior high group that now meets on Sundays. So if you got junior high kids, uh, we have a great Bible study with some great Bible teachers. We have a youth group that meets on Tuesday nights. We have a college group that meets on Wednesday nights. Uh, life groups throughout the week, uh, and then. In all those things, we have opportunities to do outreach and to serve uh, where we do meals for homeless and less fortunate. We uh, go downtown every month uh, and serve uh, people downtown. And so uh, many opportunities to get involved, uh, many opportunities uh, to see your kids get involved, uh, and just opportunities uh, really to see Christ in one another and to see uh, people fall deeper in love with God. Yeah, and we have uh, outreach dinners on a monthly basis as well. We have what we call our Wichita dinner on the third uh, Friday night of each month. And that, again, is out of the Wichita uh, F- Center for Family and Community right off of King Road. And uh, we serve uh, anywhere from 80 to, I would say, 120. Yeah. Uh, we have an outreach dinner on the third Wednesday night in southeast Portland uh, with the church uh, off of uh, Yam Hill and I believe 52nd. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've served as many as 150. And so, again, these are opportunities for people to work together and to serve. And that's really a part of the heartbeat of our fellowship. Uh, we want folks to get connected. Paul uses the metaphor of every member being a part of the body right. and every member doing its part. And so our, our belief is that God has us here for a purpose. And the two greatest days of anybody's life is the day they were born and the day they discover why they were born. And these are great opportunities, not only for individuals and families to serve together, but these are opportunities where you can bring your whole family and serve together. If you've got uh, young kids, there's opportunity for your kids to be serving hand in hand with you. And so uh, not just on a Sunday do you have a place for your kids, uh, but, but, but kids throughout the week and all our different events. And Amen. So- Amen. Michael, I would say too, just I can think of my wife and I uh, from before I was even in the ministry. Uh, when we've been, we've been serving on the streets of Portland for over 33 years. And, uh, when our kids were in wheelchair, wheelchair, <laughs> strollers is what I'm trying to say. When they were in strollers, uh, at a very young age, we were down on the streets of Portland and we were, uh, working with those that are marginalized. We were serving meals on a, on a, we would make the meals in our own home sandwiches and bags of chips and apples and bananas and that kind of thing, putting them in sack lunches and taking them uh, down onto the streets and just loving on people. And so my kids from the very, from their very onset were engaged in loving people and uh, taking a sandwich bag and a, a lunch and offering it to someone saying, Hey, have you had breakfast today or have you had lunch today? Can I offer this to you in the name of Jesus and people receiving those and then seeing young people simply say, is there something that we can be praying with you about? And we being able to to pray with those folks that are just maybe going through a very, very difficult time. And so it's uh, we, we really want folks to do that and engage with their families and engage in ministry so that uh, they, can, they can have a greater sense of a worldview. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Pastor Matt, as growing up un- under Dad's roof, I need to ask you a question. <laughs> you seem to have been very servant-hearted from the beginning, going out yep. and serving the homeless as a, as a boy right. with your siblings and growing up. So was your dad much different from the pulpit than he was at home? No, what you see is what you get. Um, and, and I would say you get a lot because you see a lot. 
and uh, from from the time I was very young, um, it wasn't. I never saw my dad or my mom say, "Do this," because I'm not willing to do it. So you go do it. Uh, it was always, "Hey, follow me and see what we're doing." And uh, so then, as I got older and began to understand, because as a as a ten year old, you're like, "Well, I don't want to do it," but then as you get older and as you mature, you're like, oh, this is great. I love doing this. And so it's been, it, it's been such a blessing because um, I have some friends uh, who their parents are one way when they're in the spotlight, but they're completely different when they're at home. And uh, for me uh, and, and my brother and my sister, it wasn't that way. Uh, the, the Pastor Dave you saw on stage on Sunday is the Father Dave I saw at home. Um, and so... It was always it was always about service. It was always about uh, putting others' needs before yourself, uh, putting others' needs even um, before uh, some exciting adventures that we'd be going on. I can remember times where we'd be on a road trip, uh, and Pastor Dave would get a phone call, and it would it would require uh, ministry. Uh, and there were times where it was probably a bummer in the moment, but the fruit that we were able to see at the end of it was so much greater than. Uh, the the in the moment frustration and and so for us it I would say overall it was never and there was never uh, a frustration of the parents in the ministry it, it was what can we do I I mean I remember being fourteen I I, I probably said hey do you need help moving the chairs that's tooting <laughs> yeah, my own horn maybe but um but it, we saw it lived out in such a way that we couldn't help but want to be a part of ministry you know honestly Mike too I think about uh, you know, all my kids, but, uh, since Matt's here, uh, when we planted the church, this is, you know, I had been on staff at another church for seven years prior to, and prior to that, 10 years, nine years with a, a local, uh, a, a large, uh, steel container manufacturing company, uh, locally owned. Um, but, uh, my, my sons launched really our first ministry also. So first paid employee and launched our first ministry. <laughs> so in the neighborhood, uh, they launched uh, what they called uh, Cal, which was Christians on Wheels. And yeah. they had this skateboarding group <laughs> that were doing all this stuff. And so they were just immediately eager about doing something for the kingdom of God and spreading the good news of the gospel. They were telling their friends at school about Jesus. They were telling their friends at school about the difference that Christ makes on the home front. And how he can right. be the Lord of your life. And I remember them leading their friends to Jesus yeah. and just being thrilled about what God was doing. And so it's, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the transparency piece of a, of a parent, um, <laughs> my kids saw me real. And, yeah. uh, and when, yeah. when I erred, uh, they also got to see me humble and they got to see right. me apologize and they got to see me. Uh, they've seen me behave at my worst and they see me behave at my best. But the beauty is I'm never, I'm never concerned about anybody asking them cause they'll just tell them the truth. And, yeah. uh, and because we've been honest before them, uh, there's a, there's a realness that goes with church. And I think people are looking for authenticity. Yeah. They're looking for a genuineness. And if, if we as ministers, if we can be transparent and we can talk about the authenticity of, you know, driving down the road and having someone cut us off and just being upset about it, you know, or the normalcy of how do I overcome the flesh and live out my faith right. in real time, live right. out my faith in, in the midst of the crucible 
And when the furnace is turned up and the dross wants to come to the top, hey, how do I let the silversmith, the master, decant the dross from the top so that the useful product comes out? And uh, I think my, my kids... I probably saw more in my wife of that beauty, and uh, <laughs> they they had to pray that God would help me get the dross out. But the beauty is, they got to be a part of it, right. and they saw it, and there was no uh, pretense, or we tried not to have pretense in that regard. And I, I would say another thing, if I can, I, time-wise, I want to be uh, sure that we have time, but this is for all parents who may be listening. And this was this worked for us. I've seen I've seen many parents tell their kids that they, there are certain things that they can't do because they're Christians. Uh, Kim and I decided very early on that we would not do that. Right. What we, what we told our kids was, you're a Morris, and Morrises live by this particular standard. And therefore, as a Morris, there are certain things that you will not have the liberty to do. We never, we never used our Christianity as a reason why someone couldn't do something. I decided early that, and we decided, my wife and I, Kim, we decided early if our children were going to be upset with someone, they could be upset with us, not God. Right. Be mad at us. It's good. And so our kids, I even, as our kids, my boys were teenagers and my daughter, uh, teenagers, they would say, well, we we don't do that because we're Morrises. Morrises don't do that. And they say, well, is that because you're a Christian? They said, no, it's because we're Morris. And I I mean, I I, I would hear them say that to their friends. And what that did was it instilled value in their name and who they are part of so that when they became, when they owned their faith, right. they could know the value of what it means to be adopted by our father in heaven. I don't do those things because it's displeasing to my father and that it just translated very well. Yeah. And that, that I think if you're a parent and you're, you're, you know, you use the leverage of your faith as a, a reason for kids not to engage in certain behaviors, I would just challenge you to uh, own that on your own. That's something you don't do because of who you are. Well, give that, give that same opportunity for your kids so that when they make the transition fully to faith and owning their faith, they may own that piece as well. I, I, I'm now a Christ follower, and my father doesn't do that, and neither do I. But that's respect. Yeah, it, it is. My interview last week is a woman who's a gospel choir director for Portland Adventist Academy who actually went to the school. Yeah. Oh, she cool. went to college, yeah. got her master, then began, became an English teacher. Yeah. All right. So she was chuckling about how difficult it is to call someone a peer that used to be your teacher. Right. I can understand that awkwardness. Oh, yeah. But I'd rather have the awkwardness than the total familiarity. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so interesting because that phrase, familiarity breeds contempt, that came from somewhere. Yeah. It's a cliche. And what happens is if a young, like let's say Matthew at an early age started calling me instead of dad, uh, hey Dave, hey Dave, hey Dave, well eventually if, the, if I allow that to occur as an authority, what happens is we'll, there's a, in his eyes there's a familiarity, and so then when I go to excise authority and judgment, well he's now going to have contempt for the judgment because he doesn't see the authority role, he sees the familiarity. Yeah. And so familiarity breeds contempt, and I think that's a tragedy. Yeah. And the other thing I would say, too, just about uh, real quickly, how we, there were things that as Morris's you couldn't do. The beauty of that, as Morris's, there were things that they could do. Right. Oh, so and so, and it was the, the could do things so far exceeded the can't do things as Morris's that we, we didn't have to focus on you, you don't have the opportunity to do that because Morris's just don't behave that way. Morris's don't act that way. So, Consequently, 
even siblings in the, our own home, two boys and one girl, all within very close age of each other, there was not sibling rivalry and there was not fighting because as Morrises, we don't have the opportunity to do that. We solve our problems. Yeah. And we talk with one another and we talk civilly. Even when, even when I'm mad, this is how I navigate as a Morris. This is how I navigate anger. Now, I didn't always model that super great, but... Even when I erred in that, I would be able to come back to the kids, sit right. down with them, oftentimes with tears in my eyes, and just say, your dad made a mistake. This is not how Morris's behave, and I misbehave. Fellow parents, let's take heed of the great wisdom of Pastor Dave Morris <laughs> and his son, Pastor Matt Morris, beside him. More about them and Hillside Christian Fellowship posted at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page, and more from Pastors Dave and Matt Moritz next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Pastor Matt Morris and his dad, Pastor Dave Morris, who founded Hillside Christian Fellowship. And you can find them in Clackamas. Their website, hcfclackamas.org, will be posted at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Even better, visit them in person Sundays at 10 a.m. at Happy Valley Middle School. And Pastor Dave, Pastor Matt, are there other churches in the area that you also collaborate with from time to time? There are, and we are thrilled to be a part of um, what I guess, for lack of a better term, I'll call All One. About five years ago, we helped initiate a ministry network of churches in what we would call the North Clackamas School Zone, uh, and we have some 12 to 15 churches that are actively engaged in All One. And uh, these churches have done much collaboration. In fact, our most recent collaboration is twofold. Number one, uh, we in Clackamas County, there was a state of an emergency that was established back in October. And during that time, the uh, county came uh, together with an organization that actually I was unaware of. But in Oregon City, there is the Homeless Solutions Coalition of North of Clackamas. It used to be of Oregon City, but it's now of Clackamas County. Well, they had a sub team that set up to solve this warming center uh, need because the Clackamas Service Center had had a fire and the construction wasn't completed on that remodel. And the Northwest Housing Alternatives and the Annie Ross House was in the process of moving into a remodel, and so their bed space availability was down. And so we legitimately had very little, if any, bed space. Father's House up in Oregon City, marvelous ministry. Uh, they had some bed space, I think 40 bed spaces, but by and large, we didn't have any. Multnomah County had told us that uh, if there was a zip code that wasn't theirs, they were going to be denied access to any of the warming shelters there in Multnomah. So Clackamas County is in a state of crisis. Well, I got invited to a meeting as uh, director of All One, and in this meeting, I'm listening to this need, and I said, hey, time out in this meeting, but the reality is this isn't the county's problem. This is the church's problem. Right. And uh, so I said, hey, give us 48 hours, and we're going to help solve this, this problem. So met together with these uh, some 12 pastors and uh, said, fellas, this is a scenario. Uh, th- this is our problem, and unanimously. This is ours. So within 48 hours, we began the work of putting together uh, an army of volunteers, some that already existed from previous years, 
but the number grew to over 275 volunteers. Uh, we saw several churches get approved as warming shelters. Uh, I know Sunnyside Foursquare with uh, Pastor DJ Vic, they, they became the main zone. But Pastor Matt Huff uh, out of Central Nazarene, he, outside of Clackamas County in Multnomah County, he was our initial uh, right. warming shelter, and they were we were having bed space for 125 literally every night during these cold weathers when the temperature was down below 33 degrees. So collaborative, really working together as the body of Christ, we actually quadrupled the bed space in very short order. We created an army of volunteers that served together, arm in arm, hand in hand, helping those that are marginalized in, our, in their living within our Clackamas County, North Clackamas County zone. We saw churches in Oregon City seeking to get their approval. Uh, Jack Shoemate, one by one church, got their approval. There was another church that was, was overflow for them. Uh, so we, as the body of Christ, working in collaboration with Clackamas County, helping to solve the problem. And so some marvelous leadership, Nancy Ide involved, and uh, a no- number of others. And now that, that group with Nancy Ide and uh, the Homeless Coalition, Homeless Solutions Coalition of Clackamas County, uh, lots more happening there. And so uh, it's, it's been amazing for the church to engage with these folks in the, in the county to help solve some of our county problems. And it's, uh, it's been amazing. So the church, uh, I can tell you that all one churches, we've been working with the North Clackamas School District on many, many levels and the collaborative work. The second piece, uh, there are five additional churches some of which are part of the All One Network, some that are not, but there are five churches right in the Happy Valley Clackamas area that have launched uh, a design studio. The design studio is seeking to mentor uh, at-risk young teenage girls uh, in the area of human trafficking, and we've done this in collaboration with Compassion Connect, Mylon Humalo, and uh, his team, and we've launched now the what I think is the second design studio. The first design studio out in the Gresham area has been up and running for, I believe, seven years, and now we have the Clackamas Design Studio. We have some marvelous folks helping to lead that in a collaborative work between five different churches right here in our community. It's amazing. What a wonderful thing to see, Pastor Dave Morris. Were your relationships already set in place? Did they come as a result of trying to collaborate to fight these social ills that just need to be addressed? Or is it a combination? I'd say a combination. Um, There has been a group of pastors. uh, I would say predominantly it was Milwaukee for a better part of 25 years. Uh, Pastor Russ Isom over at Milwaukee Christian Church, I think has been pastoring for some 43 years and has been a part of a group of pastors and really uh, instrumental in this uh, for a number of years. And uh, when I first started attending the group, uh, Ed Grant from New Life Christian Center uh, right off of Webster and Jennings was there, Mitch Hebenthal, uh, Dan Harrell out of uh, Thompson Road Bible Fellowship, um, and maybe one or two other guys, and uh, so there were a number, a number of guys. But what happened about four and a half years ago? Uh, Embrace Oregon began to do the collaborative work on the remodels and the extreme makeovers of the Department of Human Resources. So that was a that was an amazing opportunity for our launch because we engaged some sixteen churches right here, and we helped make uh, that design studio. Uh, excuse me, the uh, extreme makeover at DHS an amazing success uh, right here in the North Clackamas area. So you may have seen the news stories about how it went from a drab, humdum governmental building to a pretty colorful, warm place. It's not these kids' faults that perhaps they're 
parents made poor decisions or right. fell into trouble. Right. right. But at least they could go to a, a, a pretty Oregon Zoo or Portland Timbers or come a Blazers. I'm all in the Blazers yeah. room. That was Hillside's room. <laughs> Our folks did the Blazers room there. That was awesome. What anything to be involved in. So, Pastor Dave, Pastor Matt, do you believe that the churches are doing a better job nowadays of collaborating across, say, denominational lines and hanging out with big churches if they're little churches and vice versa? I, I believe wholeheartedly and we believe wholeheartedly that uh, the church is better together. It's what Jesus prayed uh, in John chapter 17, that, that we would be one so that the world may know. And I believe uh, just as growing up uh, as a little kid in church to now where I am today on staff at a church, um, I remember churches being isolated. I remember this is our turf. Don't mess with it. I remember being in youth groups. And if you were in a different youth group, you didn't invite certain friends because you didn't want to compete with the youth groups. And there was this big competition between what church did this and what church did this. But now we're beginning to see churches, not only with inside denominational lines, but outside denominational lines, the walls of denomination, uh, at least in our community, are beginning to fall down because at, at the root of every Christian church is that the world needs Jesus and yeah. that the light needs Come to on. shine and the city on the top of a hill, uh, it, it, it can't be put out. And so when the church comes together, that light gets brighter. And uh, so we are seeing uh, churches from all denominations, uh, pastors from all um, walks of life, whether it's uh, single vocation or bivocational or sometimes even triple vocational pastors of churches that maybe are starting out and they have 15 people in their house or churches of 300, 400, 500 people. Uh, we're doing things together. Uh, all One has had a great opportunity. Uh, they go uh, once a year uh, out to Eastern Oregon for a time of just prayer and a time of just getting to know one another better. Awesome. Uh, we've barbecued burgers together and just had a great time. And, and uh, just like we had talked in the earlier segments about church being a uh, representation of the home and this welcome home and this model of relationship, um, we believe wholeheartedly that it starts with the leadership. And if the leadership doesn't have relationship, why would we expect our churches to have relationship? So we, in the leadership roles as lead pastors and associate pastors, we need to model what it looks like to have that family and that more collaborative, we are doing this together, so that in our individual churches, the people who go to the churches, they see that, so they model it within the churches, and then with outside of the church. We had a, a, a community Sunday, We I think it's been three years in a row, four, uh, four years in a row, where we've said, hey, all these churches, we've had eight churches, nine churches say, we're going to share a Sunday and we're all going to come together and have one big service together. And it's been awesome. We've had amazing. Uh, inflatables for the kids and barbecues afterwards. It's, it's just been a really great time. And it's been not only an opportunity for us to come together and worship the Lord, but also serve our community together. Because at all these community-wide worship services, we have an opportunity for people to serve and to give to a cause, uh, whether that's been the North Clackamas School District or the Food Bank or the Wichita Service Center. Uh, when the church is coming together, which they are coming together, and they are only going to be coming together more in the days to come. Um, God's doing great things. It's amazing. And it's, cool, amazing. it's cool to be riding on the top of that wave so often. Uh, we can catch the tail end of a wave of something uh, and be like, man, I really wish I was there when it started because this looked fun. But to be able to be on the crest of the wave, surfing it and saying, wow, it's amazing from up here because God's doing something and to be on the front of that is, is really cool. When I see what All One is doing in the Clackamas community and I see similar models like Pastor Rich Blum of 
Bethel Community Church up in Washougal. Yeah. He introduces himself not as the pastor of Bethel Community Church, but right. as a co-pastor of the cities of yeah. Camas and Washougal. Come on. Absolutely. So Come on. they hang out with each other every Absolutely. couple of weeks, these pastors, and they indeed point people toward each other's churches if they think they might be a better fit or more comfortable there. And it's not about competition for anything else except – what do we want to do for the kingdom of God? Correct. Right, right absolutely. Correct. No matter what the numbers end up appearing to look Correct. like, what are we doing with the tools God puts in our hands? Come on. Amen. Amen. I would just say to add to that, that is the, that is the exact wording that we use. Yeah. We talk about we are, we are one of the pastors in this community. When we're at an event, we don't introduce ourselves with our personal church. We say, uh, I'm one of the co-pastors in this community. We're here serving and loving together. Uh, we talk about that collaboratively. We we pray for one another from the pulpit. We yeah. we reference churches' names. We reference the pastors and their families that we are praying and we are believing God for their congregations. It, just within Hillside's move uh, to Happy Valley, there are two sister churches right next door to us: Jim Steele and the uh, uh, and the congregation there at Happy Valley Evangelical. We are praying for them. Every single yeah. week. And Dave Charlson, his wife and their family, they're at Happy Valley Baptist Church. Yeah. We are believing God for just a move in our community. Somebody once asked the question, well, how many churches are there in uh, the North Clackamas School District zone? Well, I happen to know the answer because I, I had done research. I said, well, there are about 79 churches. And he just smiled at me. He said... Well, actually, there's only one church, right. his church. And I said, oh, guy, if I'd only just thought about that and <laughs> yeah. been more quick, I would have yeah. answered it and said, oh, hey, there's only one church. Right. But that's the reality. There's only one church, and that is the body of Christ. And when we realize that, we can actually work together. Rather than focusing on the things that we disagree, we can focus on the things that we agree and we have solid doctrine, and we have great things. And right. those essential doctrines, hey, we're going to agree on those. Those non-essential doctrines, we don't even have to necessarily talk about them. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on how we might love and serve this community and present Jesus as a just a, the church being a rock-solid, powerful witness for the glory of God. Amen to that, Pastor Dave Morris and Pastor Matt Morris of Hillside Christian Fellowship. Before we land the plane, can you give us an idea of what is the Promise Center? Yes, okay, so Hillside Christian Fellowship Promise Center. In a nutshell, we are uh, launching our ministry model, if you will, and we are seeking to help those who have been marginalized in their living and help them become uh, contributing members both to the kingdom of God as well as to society, being self-sufficient and being able to both have trade and work and supply uh, income. It's a dignity kind of ministry. So we're launching in many ways a trade school, and we're doing that through uh, collaborative work with uh, addiction-type ministries such as Teen Challenge, as Freedom House, uh, and some of these where men are graduating, and we would like to see them have opportunity to learn a new trade. And from that trade, provide an income, from that income, provide a living so they can be contributing, again, members of society. And so also all that while they might be working in one of our nonprofit businesses, they can be uh, being mentored by one of our one of our ministries and oftentimes one of our ministers. And so we, we've launched our first uh, business, Three Trees Landscaping, where we do uh, landscape uh, maintenance. And uh, it is... 
uh, we have we've had as many as seven guys out on the field already working, yeah. and it's uh, we're looking to again provide an opportunity to help someone who is coming out of an addiction ministry, someone who has been marginalized, maybe even displaced from their work and needing a space to work. We want to help launch that. So we have uh, on the drawing board, we have about eight to 10 different uh, 501c3s. And uh, we believe because the scripture says in Ephesians, it says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. So kind of our sentence at the Promise Center is uh, our imagination will be our limitation yeah. and we can, we're can we going to do what God puts in front of us to do and we want to see people have opportunity to uh, grow and to supply and provide. So we have these... Uh, we have these businesses that we are believing God for, and uh, we're seeing them happen now. We have uh, probably two more in the next month and a half yeah. that we'll be launching, and uh, we're, we're even looking at uh, some overseas stuff in Naples, Italy, and a few other exciting things, maybe yeah. even in Madrid, Spain. So uh, very, very exciting days ahead. Thank you so much, Pastor Dave Morris, founding father of Hillside <laughs> Christian Fellowship. HCFClackamas.org is the website. And thanks also to you, Pastor Matt Morris, for your example of really helping people out in the community in Come the on. name of Jesus. If you want to give him a visit on Easter Sunday, will it be 10 a.m. at Happy Valley Middle School? Yes, that indeed. is correct. Come on. Coming out with the whole family, whether it's Hillside Christian Fellowship or another wonderful Christ-following, Bible-believing church in Amen. the area. Come on. Pastor Dave, Pastor Matt Morris, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Makers. Thank, Thank you. you, Michael. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver for the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.